Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 50. Authors Lon Testa and Laurel Stewart are back from their very first Royal Caribbean cruise, and this week, we're comparing experiences on Royal Caribbean to Disney Cruise Line and which aspects of the cruise experience each company does better at. I think you're going to find the results very surprising on how Royal Caribbean stacked up against the competition. Here we go. Joining me once again on this week's episode is Len Testa and Laurel Stewart. And of course, you may or may not know, actually, Len and Laurel are the authors of the unofficial guide to the Disney Cruise Line book, which is available. Actually, if you go to the Royal Caribbean blog uh, show notes, you'll find a link to their awesome book, which is obviously about the Disney Cruise Line. But as I've said on the other podcast, we had Len and Laurel on. It's actually a great resource for ports and just getting information because they've gone through all the ports that. Disney Cruise Line visits, which is often quite a number of a lot of ports that Royal Caribbean visits, and gives you some good information about that. So if nothing else, it's a good read for that. And uh, welcome back, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And of course, we had Len and Laurel on episode 44 when we previewed their Allure of the Seas cruise. And the, the thing about this cruise that was interesting was, of course, Len and Laurel have never been on Royal Caribbean before. They are veterans of Disney. And of course, as you know, they're writing their book, uh, they wrote their book actually, and they did, they're taking this cruise part vacation, but also part comparison for work to see how the composition stacks up. And they just literally got back yesterday from their cruise on Allure of the Seas, and it was an Eastern Caribbean cruise. And we're going to kind of go through comparing the different elements of their cruise versus Disney. And I know that Laurel prepared this wonderful document that I'm looking at, and we're going to kind of go area by area to talk about the cruise. But let's before we get to that, real quick. Len, mm-hmm. thumbs up on the cruise. What was your experience, and how did how did the experience measure up to your expectations? Yeah, you know, I thought in general it was, uh, it was thumbs up. It's 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 appropriate value for the money. I think there are things that they do really really well. Mm-hmm. There are things that they could do a, a little bit better. Um, sure. But overall, I thought it was uh, you know fair value for the money. Laura, what did you think? Yeah, definite thumbs up. I think we would go back on that cruise again for sure, and we're looking forward to uh, cruising on the Quantum. Absolutely, that's right. Uh, Len and Laurel, you're coming as well, I imagine. I should. I only know Len, I, Len is for I invited, sure. I, I invited her after this cruise. Yeah. <laughs> so Len is uh, is joining us on the Royal Caribbean blog group cruise on Quantum of the Seas, which I'll also shamelessly link in our show notes for at royalcaribbeanblog.com. And I always take an opportunity to shamelessly plug the event. So but it'll be a lot of fun, though. We will to finally sail together. I don't think we've ever done that before. That'll be fun. Yeah. Cool. So we're going to go area by area here in comparing. And I'm, I'm curious also because what, what I see on my screen, of course, a very visual element for an audio only broadcast is I'm uh, there's a check mark for one or the other. But I'll be very interested to hear. Was it close or was it just like, you know, a slam dunk in one way or the other? So let's start with the beginning pre-planning website. And for this one, you gave the check Laurel to Disney, Ah, Disney. So I've never used Disney's cruise website. But Royal Caribbean's website is notorious for being awful. But mm-hmm. what what aspect of it did you, what aspect of it did you not enjoy? Let's put it that way. Well, it would be shorter to say which aspect we did like. Uh, <laughs> uh, so for starters, we had two cabins, and as two adults traveling with two children, we had to have an adult and a child in each room, and somehow we were never able to successfully really link the reservations. Oh. So when we were trying to book dining, we would I would be at my laptop, he would be at his laptop, and we'd have to synchronize. So everyone got um, 
so everyone was able to book together. And no matter how many times we put in the reservation number in the last name, tried mine, tried his, could not bring up the other reservation. Really? Now, this is for the main dining room or for specialty? It was for everything. Everything. Literally nothing. That's interesting because I've done – I've been able to do it before with the – for the main dining room, Len, the thing with that, as I recall, oh, you know what? I used to travel agent. I didn't do it. So <laughs> I guess oh, there's, there uh, <laughs> I made someone else. I made a network for the money. So actually, it was, it was Caroline. Hi, Caroline. I'm not going to fight you on the website thing. I, well, I the, the other thing with the website better. that was particularly frustrating was when we were booking shore excursions and on uh, on board activities. Every Every time we wanted to book an activity, we had to enter in our credit card information. So when we did... The, when we booked the Flow Rider, we had to enter our credit card information twice, one, once for each cabin, yep. and then you know, once for each trial. So you know, twi- there's two times there. Then when we wanted to do the Prohibition event, we had to enter the credit card information two more times. So that's four times to book two events. So literally everything that we wanted to book, we had to enter the credit card information twice. It was just a, a consummate hassle. Okay. And I, actually, I, I, stopped, I stopped booking things because of it. I was like, ah, now I'll just do it on the ship. It's easier. Yeah. Okay. So good, good feedback there. Let's go to boarding, and where did you decide on boarding, the boarding process? Oh, this was, uh, this was magical with Royal. It was, uh, it was fantastic. I mean, cool. we, from, the, from the time we, we hopped out of the cab to the time we, un, we were on board, couldn't have, been, couldn't have been 15 minutes. There's no way. might have been wow. 10. What time did yeah. you arrive at the port? So they texted us ahead of time, and they said we, we happened to be in the first boarding group, and they said we, uh, we could board at one uh, thirty. We... We thought that that was going to be that was slightly optimistic, so we actually showed up at twelve thirty, and there were already people boarding, and we walked right on. That's it was, the, I mean, the, the the organization that they have for that ship that big is is just amazing, and Fort Lauderdale is a good port to do it. And I thought, uh, I thought it's not as pretty as Port Canaveral, but it's very well organized. Yeah, and I th- I thought about it later. I was like, how is Dis- how is Disney's uh, boarding so chaotic and Royals so seamless? And then I remembered when they built Disney's port in Port Canaveral, it was just serving the wonder and the magic, mm. which are uh, fifty pr- uh, not fifty percent seventy five percent the size of the Dream and the Fantasy, which is what we usually cruise. So I don't think I don't think uh, Disney's port at Canaveral was ever meant to handle the crowds of the Dream or the Fantasy. Yeah, the the reality is that port in Port Canaveral was specifically built for the Oasis class ship, so it makes perfect sense. Even if you went to do like Freedom of the Seas, which is out of Port Canaveral and is a, it's actually bigger. Yes, it is bigger than the Disney than Disney ships, the the Dream class. They, it's still not, it's not quite as awesome as that facility, but it's still pretty good. Of course, if you want to experience a bad Royal Caribbean boarding process, go to Galveston, Texas, but that's pretty much cool. everything in Galveston, right? Well, Galveston, <laughs> Galveston, yeah, there's nothing yeah. good in Galveston. <laughs> you you would so think guess, they would make, it, make leaving easy fun, but it's not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next up, we have public areas. And on that one, we gave the nod to Royal, which started with... From the moment we walked on the ship, we were like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, it was astounding. I, I had not looked at any photos online before. I wanted to be completely surprised, and my mind was blown. But beyond the initial uh, just taking in the, into the scope of the whole thing, Royal has some fantastic areas for just sitting back and watching people. Oh, Yeah. Absolutely, the Boardwalk, the Central Central Park, Park, right? Even the Promenade. Oh, yeah, I I love the Promenade. 
you can just sit back, you drink your coffee, you watch the world go by, and it's really, really nice. And there's nothing like that on Disney. Sure, absolutely. All the all the all the things on Disney tend to turn um, towards the bar or you know the entertainment and the stuff on Royal. It's like it turns towards the people. Interesting. Very populist cruise line. There you go, Len. <laughs> exactly. I thought the the uh, public spaces were all very well done. The promenade is great. Central Park is great. I think uh, boardwalk the boardwalk area is a little noisy. We'll get to that. But uh, but overall, I thought that there's a, there's a lot of stuff to see. It was particularly well scaled too. So the Central Park area it's very impressive, but it's not overly large. And the same thing with the promenade. It's it you know it felt like you were in a, a comfortable space the whole time. Next, we have staterooms. And this one's interesting. I'm, I'm very curious to hear this. Because you picked Disney for this one. Tell me why, Laurel. Uh, we had a couple of different reasons. Uh, for starters, we had a boardwalk view room. We had two boardwalk view rooms, actually, and that gave us a good comparison. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and we were, we were on deck 10. The kids' room had great soundproofing. I mean, you, you uh, swung that handle down, and it was like... <laughs> no no Sound noise proof. yeah our room on the other hand if we, uh first we had to have uh, for the first couple of takes we're like man it's loud in here and then we kind of looked around and we saw that oh hey there's a big gap i can see through even when the door is all the way closed that might have something to do with the sound coming off the boardwalk so wow. we had uh we had maintenance come in and uh and fix it and that improved things a lot but just uh, beyond the maintenance issues, the bathrooms are nicer in the cabins on Disney. They've got the split bath with the two sinks and the the shower in one and the toilet in the other. Uh, the detailing was is nicer in Disney. The storage space is definitely nicer. The room size were room sizes were remarkably similar. I didn't feel like uh, um, that Disney's were were that much larger. Um, but just just overall, uh, the the quality of the uh, of the linens, of the soft goods, and the furnishings just seemed nicer on Disney to us, or to me. I will only speak only only speak for myself. Len, yeah, actually, actually, I thought the th- the state rooms were uh, were more even than that. I uh, I particularly like uh, Royals Shower. Yes. That, number one, the water pressure is amazing. <laughs> it beats you that. down. I know. Right? Exactly. <laughs> it's like the Rodney King of showers right there. So. Uh, yeah, but I think that was good. I thought it was particularly well designed. I mean, it's, it's space efficient, but uh, um, but still, you know, works really well. The I didn't find the bathrooms to be, you know, that missing. I didn't find that I was missing the split bath too much, particularly because I don't like the shower on Disney's uh, cruise. Mm. I don't think any shower they ever do is really good, and Royals was that much better. I thought the uh, the controls in the room were were good. So you know, making it hotter or colder, turning the lights on and off, that was all fine. Um, the master switch thing was interesting. So there's a master switch for the entire room, uh, set of room electronics on Royal on Disney. It's, uh, it's governed by your room key. So you have to put your room key in a little slot to, uh, to turn on the lights in the room. And and, yeah, people typically override that by putting in a credit card or a a business card or something, uh, and a switch to do it. But, um, yeah, I thought, I thought they were, they were comparable. I didn't, I didn't think one set of beds was, was more comfortable than the next. um, uh, yeah, I, I know Royals rooms were slightly smaller, but I, I didn't miss it. I thought storage was was reasonable for both. I thought the uh, the number of magazines slightly better in Royal. Yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised with that. I would uh, I would say that these were even. Actually, I don't I don't have a preference to one or the other. That's okay. because you didn't use the hair dryer. 
<laughs> oh yeah, that, apparently the hair dryer was like having a, a an anemic grandmother breathe on you. It was that 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 bad. But <laughs> that's a great comparison. I hope that makes the book, by the way. <sighs> um, yeah, but I thought and again, other than the one problem we had with the stateroom, which you know, was a maintenance issue, and I guess could happen anywhere. Other than that, I thought the rooms were absolutely fine. Cool. Now, so I'll, I'll give that one a push. We'll be push here. Push. So viewing the ocean, you gave Disney the advantage here as well. Talk to me about this. There, um, it, I, I found it to be a, a little bit harder in public spaces to see the ocean than, it is, than on Disney ships. So in Royal, when you're in the promenade, you really don't see anything of the ocean because no. there are clubs and restaurants on either side of you. Um, same thing when you're in Central Park and same thing when you're in the boardwalk. So in public spaces, um, you're sort of... Uh, walled off from the ocean when Disney doesn't have anything comparable. Now, now granted you could say that they don't have anything comparable because they don't have a central park. <laughs> um, but I found even like on deck four versus uh, Royals deck five, I, th- I thought you were, a li- I felt, I felt a little bit closer um, on Disney ships than I did on Royal ships. That, that being said, we did find on the very last day of the cruise, the very back of deck five, the back of the running track where there's that, you can look over the, the bow of the, uh, the stern of the ship. Mm-hmm. And that is really, really picturesque. And, and also the very, very top deck, deck 16, um, offers wonderful views of, of the ocean. So those are, those are two good places for it. But I think there are, there are places on, on Disney ships, like when you're walking to and from restaurants, um, where you get to see more of the ocean than you do on, uh, on Royals. And the other thing I, I, I want to point out is, um, and I always forget this until I actually go cruising, but the, the the different blue colors of the ocean is I think one of the one of the reasons why I go cruising so much. And it's always nice to be reminded of how blue the water is and the different shades of blue. Sometimes it's navy, sometimes it's royal, sometimes it's you know light blue. But uh, but just to be able to see the ocean change colors is really a remarkable thing. And I think you know I hope I never take that for granted. Yeah, I think that's. I understand what you're saying. I guess the 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 my thought was, you know, the the reason why you don't have as many views is because again, this ship was built around the idea of, you know, creating these new venues that have never been seen before: Central Park, Boardwalk. Yeah, no, no, it's it's a trade off. Yeah, I totally yeah. get it. I totally yeah, get it's, it. It's trade off. Yep. Yeah. Okay. If you actually, the other thing is the the class you'd really enjoy if you really like views of the ocean is going to be Radiance class, and they have, I mean, it's just glass everywhere. I mean, you can anywhere right. you go, you can see the ocean. It's amazing. Oh, that's but the, it's a much smaller so I, ship. Is it? So I, I really like the idea of the solarium, which I thought was really great. The uh, the one problem with that is there's so much steel structure holding up the windows that yes. you sort of lose a little bit of the uh, the view itself. I don't know if they could have done a big plastic bubble that might, might have been an engineering impossibility, but uh, but it was a good idea. So maybe. on on Oasis class is not the case, but some ships have a retractable glass roof mm. the, that they never really use. Like Quantum of the Seas is going to have a retractable glass roof. But in practice, they just never use it. I don't know why. I think either it's too much money. It's always open or always closed? It's always closed. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm not sure why. But theoretically, they do have a retractable glass roof on some of the ships. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Details. Now, what do you mean by de- – you gave Disney the advantage here again. Uh, what, do, what do you mean by details? Uh, it, it is kind of broad. But what we found with Royal was some stuff was done really well and some stuff was just seemed like an afterthought. Whereas with Disney, the details are consistently at a very high level throughout the whole ship. So with Disney, we noticed the changes in carpet, artwork that is appropriate to wherever you are in the ship. Uh, 
the music makes sense with the location that you're in. Uh, Royal has some interesting details. Like when we were going around the walking trap th- track, they had some very funny uh, inspirational uh, signs above it. Uh, which I mean, that was cool. But then you went past the spa where um, on deck five, where you would walk up to deck six to go to the fitness center, and they, you know, they have like these totally cheesy uh, sports graphics on the walls. And on the pool deck, you would have these completely nondescript geometric shapes and primary colors instead of you know. I don't know, a mermaid or, or, or whatever. So it was, you know, it was, it was just so hit or miss. It was, it wasn't like somebody had an overarching view of how the aesthetics of the entire ship should be. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting point because obviously Disney's made its money. It's made its bones, if you will, on the idea of certainly creating a themed experience to everything that you're doing on there. And Royals experience is it's more of a generic cruise experience. That's just what it is. And you're right, there's some cases where it's kind of cheesy and they just have they just have white walls in a lot of cases and there's just, you know, here it is. Here's the room. They don't necessarily go to the to the lengths of like you said, I don't know, putting mermaids or making you think that you're under the sea in your pool or I don't know. I'm just making things up here, but I think I get what you're saying. And and the thing is, I guess it there's, there's a little bit of taste involved with that. And certainly that's Disney's uh, prerogative, so I can't fault you for, for finding it that way. It never Did it bother you, or do you just notice the difference and you're just conditioned as, as Disney fans to notice these kinds of things? It seemed very bland. Okay. So I think the, the art on the Royal Caribbean was significantly better than on the Disney ships. Disney's got great Disney art, don't get me wrong, but um, – there were only a couple of pieces on the Disney ships where I looked, where I really wanted to stop and, and look at it. Whereas on the Royal Caribbean ships, there was at least once a day I would stop and actually look at a particular piece of artwork to either see how it was done or I would read up on the on the author. I think, um, yeah, there there are definitely details. We'll talk about them in, in different other areas where I think Disney does better, but uh, I think the art was much better on the uh, on the Royal Caribbean ships. Yeah. Next, we have food in the main dining room and. I, I, I'm going to fight you on this one. You say you gave the answer Are you to really? Disney. Oh, yeah. Really? Now, what, tell me about your experience. We only we only went two nights. We were like, we're done. <laughs> 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 For one thing, we, there would they would post a theme in the yes. compass every night, and it would be like jasmine. There would be no jasmine on the menu. You know, it might as well have been kangaroo for, <laughs> for all we had to do with what was actually served Australia. so but honestly the we found i i okay i found the food to be mostly bland i ended up adding a lot of salt and pepper to it now i was always eating the vegetarian entree so there's that um i can't i can't speak to the you know the meat dairy or the or anything with egg in it but yeah it just didn't do anything for me See, I've always found the food in the main dining room to be anywhere from good, like as in like, you know, it's, it's pretty good, to above average. I think when we're talking to talk later on about the specialty food, it's gonna it, it, it goes up from there. But I never found like very rarely would I find the food to be, you know, certainly poor or like, oh, this is, you know, not anything I would ever order again. That's it's a very rare case. But I always found the food and, and in my in my experiences on Disney, I remember thinking when I went when I switched to Royals, like, wow, the food Especially in the main dining room, I always found it to be much better than Disney's food. Really? Yeah, it was just, I, 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 I think I'm, I'm right along with Laurel on this. I think, I think the food was a little under seasoned. 
in the main dining room. And the 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 themes were perplexing to me because I really couldn't like on the on the jasmine night. There was there was literally one dish that I could find that had jasmine rice. And the the on the on the basil night, there was <laughs> one thing with basil. And, and the other thing was it was never the theme was never uh, one of the chef's selection dishes. So you know how like Matt on the uh, on the um, left hand side of the of the menu they would do a three course chef's selection with an appetizer or an entree and a dessert. He never picked anything involving the theme ingredient. It was weird. Yeah, it was. I mean, the other, but the one thing I will say about the main dining room <laughs> for seating seven hundred people or seven hundred families, it's remarkably well organized. We were in uh, table number five hundred and eighty-two. Uh, fourth floor, all the way back on the right, and it was it was easy to find. We found it, you know, we were kind of walking around. First day, we our service was was good. Um, we were not too crowded, too close together. the 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 onboard dining area is just massive, and I think yes, that's that's something that I would I would tell people about ahead of time because it's it's three stories, right? Three four decks, three four five, and everyone wanted to go through the main entrance, but in reality. We had it much easier going in through the right side entrance, and there were other people who should have gone through the left side entrance. But uh, yeah, other than that, other than I think you know the, the the flavoring of the food, it was all particularly well organized. And I think I think Royals got that down pat. Cool. Next, we have food specialty, and this time you gave one for the good guys. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, so, of the four of us, three of us had the same uh, meal picked as our favorite. It was me and the two kids, and we picked the sushi, Izumi. Ooh, good choice, yeah. Which was good. And Lynn, somewhere out in right field, picks Samba, <laughs> which was not appealing to me at all for obvious reasons. But um, I, uh, I think... Uh, we did Giovanni's table. That was excellent, and th- yeah, that was just that was really good. Oh, and the tapas. Oh, oh. yeah, man. We I think we went there three times. It was it was fantastic. I just um, the lo- the theming of the restaurants, the variety uh, served, the flavoring was spot on. Everything tasted really fresh. The solarium was uh, was actually my favorite free meal. Cool. That's good to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought the, uh, the the specialty restaurants would, were definitely something worldly better, both in terms of variety. I don't I don't think they have anything that quite compares with uh, Remy. Did you go to 150 Central Park? No, I didn't go to 150 Central Park. Okay, so that would um, be the Remy equivalent. Would it be okay? Comparison. Yeah. Yep. It, it looked like price wise, it was about the same. But uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, the um, but the fact that you could go to a different specialty restaurant every night and then not repeat anything for an entire seven night cruise was really appealing. And and the funny thing is, is I went to Johnny Rockets one, one day because it was like <laughs> it it just smelled so good. And we were you know we were above the boardwalk. I'm like, and it, but Johnny Rockets was you know for a five dollar cover charge was was very good, and it's all you can eat for a five dollar cover charge too. So if you want, really want two double cheeseburgers with a diet coke, you, that you could actually get that. And I, I really like that. I thought the Mexican food was was pretty decent. It was. Uh, Way more food than one person can handle for it, but I thought uh, overall, yeah, I think the specialty food was. Um, although again, nothing is quite as good as Remy, but uh, but overall, I would much rather spend a week eating at the specialty restaurants on uh, Royal Caribbean than I would on Disney. And along those lines, food variety, you also gave Disney uh, Royal the thumbs up. 
Yeah, there's uh, there's no way that Disney can compete with a uh, with a mega ship with that many restaurants and oh, yeah. plus the uh, the variety. Uh, we went to the Windjammer a couple of times. Uh, we went to Solarium a lot for breakfast and lunch, and uh, there wasn't a lot of repetition. And yeah, it was. Uh, you just can't argue with twenty five restaurants. Yeah, and the Windjammer for dinner is by far the best experience. They just have so much going on. I'm not sure if you guys got a chance to go there. Is it really? The Indian really? food over there is what I I, I live for. We I have dinner one at Windjammer and then dinner two wherever, <laughs> wherever I go. Oh, that's an inside joke. Sorry. It's okay. We, yeah, we, kept, we kept calling it the uh, the uh, Promenade Cave. <laughs> nice. Bartender. Oh, so I, I, need, oh, I need to say, I need to say a, a special thing about the coffee. We were really concerned about get it, about not getting the beverage package before we um we got on the ship because it was twenty dollars a day or twenty five a day per person. So it was like between eighty to hundred dollars for the four of us per day. So you know yeah. five hundred and sixty to seven, and that was a lot. We were concerned that we were going to be stuck with you know really bad coffee and water, but the coffee was delicious. It's uh, Seattle's best coffee, which yes. I believe is what Starbucks. McDonald's serves. Yeah, it's owned by it's Starbucks. Also, also, it's owned by Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. It, delicious. I did not miss, and there was a Starbucks. You know how I like my Starbucks. There was actually Starbucks in the promenade. <laughs> promenade. I didn't go to it once. Didn't need to. The coffee was delicious, significantly better than what uh, Disney serves with served with its uh, Nescafe stuff. Nice. So uh, Disney has switched to Joffrey's uh, since yeah. the last time we cruised. So we'll have to check that out. Next, yeah, we but- have bartenders and wait staff, and you gave this edge to Disney. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh me, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Len. <laughs> you know, I think it, 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 all the bartenders were were good. Uh, well, they, you know, they ranged from okay to good. I sort of missed the sense of personality that you get with some of the Disney ones. Uh, it, it, it's hard to it's hard to explain, but with bartenders on, on Disney ships, it seems like you could strike up a more of a one on one conversation with them. I, guess, I don't know if it's simply the the size of the bars on the royal ships or the number of people that they have to serve. Sure. Um, but I, th- I think that the uh, the bartenders and the wait staff were a, were a little bit better on the on the Disney ships. They're a little bit more personal. I can see that. One of the experiences I've always had the the bartenders like if you sit at a bar, I found mm-hmm. to be pretty, you know, talkable. You know, they're the kind of people you can strike conversations up with yeah. the the wait staff. That like you know you're sitting I don't know you're at, in the theater or you're at your uh, you're on your pool chair and you know you order a drink. Those kinds of people they're they're generally just there for you know just the facts, ma'am. Kind of experience. Yeah, which yeah. I'm not. The thing I'm not much of a talker in that. I'm like, hey, how's it going today? That kind of thing. I always reserve that kind of talk anyway for the bar. But to your point, Len, yeah, there's probably more characters, so to speak, on the Disney ship. So I can kind of see that. We had we had some very interesting experiences with the wait staff. <laughs> it was mostly Len. Apparently, he doesn't speak English uh, because. Uh, <laughs> They would be like, "Sir, are you are, are you done? No, I'm still eating." And they take away his plate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. It's cool. I see that as a service. You're overserved. Is that a problem? You know. Apparently, I am done. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know what? I am done. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm good now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that happened a couple of times. It was kind of funny. Along those lines, let's talk about the bars. I know you guys are big. All right, you guys. Len is really big on the bars. So talk about. You gave Disney the edge again on the bars here. Yeah, Come on, dude. Who, one of the bars who, goes ups and down. How how do you not how do you not beat a bar that levitates? That's all I want to know. It's a gimmick. It's a gimmick. It's an awesome gimmick. <laughs> okay, here here were some of our issues, and we went I think to most uh, to most of the bars on board. Uh, the bars on the promenade 
part of our issue was that they were on the promenade and in a common space and not an adult space. Okay. Uh, the scale was also a little bit big to get, um, so you missed out on the more intimate uh, drinking experience that we prefer <laughs> on Disney ships. And uh, they, they're, they're not as well-themed as the ones on Disney. Uh, the prices seem to be within 50 cents uh, on, on both lines, so the cost, the cost was, not a, was not a factor. But, um, yeah, the, um, the, the bars, they, they felt too big, and we, we, we already knew we preferred the bartenders on, on Disney. Does the bars think- on Disney go up and down? They don't, but but here's one of the things that I think, and I think it's a real, a couple of relatively simple fixes Royal could do here to make this better. So we were in the English pub one night, um, and they have a great selection of English beers. the The furniture is appropriately themed. The decorations are appropriately themed. Um, they had a, you know, a, a couple of problems. One of them, obviously, is that it, it faces out into the promenade, and you know, kids walk in and out. But they can fix that. Uh, and I'm, I'm even willing to ignore that. But the main thing was, when you're in an English pub, you should hear English music. We heard Bon Jovi. Oh no no no! Uh, okay, I, I I don't think that's I don't think that's a good uh, uh, example because we also also heard Elvis Costello. So I, I I was down with that. However, in the champagne bar, we should not hear Bon Jovi. <laughs> yeah, you know we in in Disney's champagne bars we hear Edith Piaf and French French music or Sinatra. Right. So something. When, what about the bars in the evening? Because that's when they have like the bars really like they're they're more themed, if you will, in terms of the music. Like Boleros will have uh, usually a live band playing. You'll have the English pub will have usually I've seen most nights a a a dude who plays uh, music yeah, but, live. Yeah, but again, it's not it's not English music. In an English oh, he was, pub, you would have English music. Yeah. No. Oh, he, so the live guy was not. He was playing. Um, it wasn't Eric Clapton. James, um, James Taylor. James Taylor. Or, James Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I would have accepted the Pogues, even though they're Irish, but not James Taylor. <laughs> yeah. More six. Yeah, same, same thing with the uh, with the champagne bar. You know, it, in it, it, the champagne bar is was uh, drinks were fine. I, in fact, they actually have a little bit more variety, I think, than than Disney in the champagne, and they uh, and and for that, you know, I commend them. Service was excellent. They actually give you a little canapes along with your peanuts if you want mm-hmm. them, which is very good. Um, but the fact that kids can walk in and out and the fact that you can hear both the uproar in the promenade and you get, you know, James Taylor or Linda Ronstadt, which is not what you should be hearing in a champagne bar, but it's a minor change, right? Put up a a little bit of a plexiglass wall, a door and, uh, and change the sound system. And and really you've got, you've got something special there. I thought the, the seats were comfortable. It, uh, it looked like it could be a lively place for, uh, for, for gathering. We sat, uh, at the promenade cafe which you know didn't have any music or anything like that, and played cards. I think every day. Nice. Um, so you know, so they've they've got potential. It's not like this is you know they have to completely ditch everything, put up a few walls, change the sound system, and I think they they could go a long way towards doing a lot of things there. Okay. Next we have shopping, and you gave the edge to Royal Caribbean, and I'm assuming the Royal Promenade probably had a big part to do with this. Uh, I thought their duty free area was uh, much nicer than than Disney's. They had a, a better se- selection of cosmetics. Uh, their liquor selection was about the same. Disney actually had a little bit more specialty liquors, but yeah, you know, it was it was you know all a matter of what you liked. I think uh, Royal had more uh, 
had a, had a bigger selection of uh, scotches and uh, Disney had a better selection of tequilas. And, you know, it's, it's pretty much a toss up, but there's definitely a retail focus to Royal with the coach shop and the Brito and what was a guest. I mean, none of which I would actually buy, but um, there is, you know, the, if you, if you are a fan of shopping, uh, it, Royal is the uh, is the place to go unless you because the the stuff on Disney is the exact same stuff you're going to find in the theme parks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool. Onboard activities you gave the edge to Royal Caribbean as well, so you enjoyed the quest. We didn't do their quest, but we oh. felt that there were. <laughs> I, I know we have to go back. Uh, that we felt there were a lot more like cruise type activities on board so they did their dance mob um uh two or three times a day in the promenade well we didn't participate but it was very fun to watch (laughs) um yeah there was bingo there was the casino by the way up five dollars very uh very happy with that nice yeah um there's the rock climbing wall there's just uh flow rider zip line we did the zip line. We made the kids do the flow rider. They're still not, uh, they haven't forgiven us for that yet, but it was very amusing. <laughs> Face Plant City, Population Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's nothing like watching children fall on their face over and over again. It just it warms your heart. You could do it, honey. Keep going. You could do, do it. it. <laughs> She's such a, so uncoordinated. <laughs> Look at her <laughs> flailing around like a whale with one fin. <laughs> We also spent a lot of time in the card room and the library, which are two things that you don't find on board Disney. It, like I said, those are things that you traditionally find on uh, cruise ships that you don't find on Disney. And now I kind of see why they're there. Okay. Next up, we have the spa. And you, surprisingly, also, you gave Disney the edge on this one. Yeah, it's not, it's not nearly as large as Royal Spa, which is larger than most uh, ground-based Spas, it's huge. It's been the fitness area is very well done. the The main uh, issue we had with the spa was it's all in the middle of the ship, and going back to the the part about not being able to see the ocean, uh, you can't really see the ocean from many parts of the spa or most of the spa. Whereas on Disney's newer ships, on the Dream and the Fantasy, um, if you get if you book, you know their their sort of spa package, their get their rainforest package or whatever they call it, um, you you on Disney you get. Stone loungers that face out over the ocean. You get jacuzzis that face out over the ocean, and on Royal, they're still on on the inside. Um, but in, in in terms of the actual number of things, the number of steam rooms, the number of um, uh, stone loungers, roughly equivalent. It's the no, 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 <laughs> not the, the they're much they're the the thermal suite area is actually bigger on Disney than it was on Royal. Remember, they had just like the four little sad. Uh, Heated loungers. So, were there only four? Yeah. Oh, okay. So Disney has about twice as many then. Um, same, same type of amenities. In fact, I think the saunas are actually named the same. Um, Caldarium and, and whatnot on, uh, on the, both of the ships. But, uh, but I think Disney's has done a little bit better. It's also a little bit brighter on the Disney ships, which I like. See, I, I get the thing what you're saying about the view. I, I mean, when you're like sitting on the loungers, perhaps. Okay, fine. I don't know, but the, the actual massage rooms, whenever I see like the views, like whenever I'm in a massage room, you know what I'm doing? My eyes are facing. closed. Yeah, yeah I'm facing closed. down and my eyes are closed. So I don't really don't care if I don't get 30 seconds of ocean time when I'm walking in and out of the room. But I could, uh, I guess I could kind of see the your issue with certainly the view when you're, you know, maybe enjoying... I don't know. The one thing, what does, does the salon have a view? I'm not sure if you went in there. It does. Of the ocean? Yeah. 
Okay. Oh, uh, wait. The salon on Royal, no, it doesn't. But on Disney, it does. Okay. Well, the one thing I will say, the spa's uh, glass floor uh, is it, frightening when you're going downstairs. Yes. <laughs> you can't really <laughs> see anything. <laughs> it's not the place to be after a few drinks. I was going to say, yeah, you're not doing this drunk. You're crawling down it drunk, right? <laughs> that was great. Let's go out to the pools. And here, you gave the thumbs up to Royal Caribbean. Talk a little bit about that. This is, a, this is really even a, uh, a contest. I mean, the Royals got so many, so many pools and so many different kinds of pools, whether it's the adult areas of the solarium all the way through the, um, the individual pools on either side of uh, decks 15 and 16. It's, they've got so many and there's so much capacity and they're so varied. Uh, you know, Disney really can't, doesn't have anything to, there, there simply isn't enough space for them to do the same, same kind of thing on, uh, on the larger ships even. Yeah. It's, it was really amazing. H2O zone for the kids, absolutely. H2O zone, right, right, right. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. And the view that you get over the, over the pools, too. So, like, when you're coming down from the Windjammer uh, Cafe, um, you know, you can look out and see all of the pools. Or if you go up on Deck 16, you can see all of the, you know, the pools and everything. The, uh, I like the stacked sunbathing area, sort of the theater seating for, uh, for sunbathing. That was also pretty clever. It was, uh, it was really well done. I'm not saying Disney's bad, but, but Royal you know, really has just in terms of – in terms of numbers, just has such an advantage, you know, that if you wanted to, if the pools were your focus, you could really uh, have a lot of fun on, on those ships. And the, the pools never looked as crowded as they do on Disney's. I mean, Disney's just like, look like Calcutta on the, you know, with, with some water. Uh, <laughs> with the Ganges. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but I mean, Royal, it, it, uh, it, it looked like you could actually maybe move around in the pool, which is a nice touch. Cool. Adult areas, and you gave the nod to Disney on this one, and I know you guys are big on the adult areas. In fact, on the other episode you guys were on, uh, I know that one of the first, one of the few questions that you guys had for me, Laurel especially, was like, "What about the adult areas?" So, when you, what do you define as adult areas? I guess solarium, um, obviously. Uh, uh, areas where children are not allowed. <laughs> okay, so solarium, yeah. casino. Uh, I think uh, I, I don't. I didn't see any signs for uh, no children in the casino. I think I only saw a few uh, walking walking through. It was it was very interesting how they did it because uh, you can be sixteen to uh, to go into the uh, solarium, which is yeah, that's fine. It worked out well for us because we were traveling with sixteen year olds. Um, on the other hand, there were uh, plenty of families who seemed to have no issue at all with taking their toddlers to meals at the solarium, despite the signage, which is a beef with me. Um, but mostly it was just, you know, the fact that I could be having a drink in a bar and a kid could walk in. You know, after, I'm, not talking it, I'm not talking about, you know, my usual 2 o'clock cocktail. I'm talking about, you know, the, my 9 or 10 o'clock <laughs> cock- cocktail. I, you know, I, I take my chances at, at, you know, in the middle of the afternoon or breakfast or whatever. You know, no judgment. Um, <laughs> but I, I really appreciate on, on Disney that the uh, kids' areas are segregated or the adult areas are segregated from the kids' areas. Okay, I can kind of see. And this is kind of we were talking a little bit earlier about the bars and your your critique of that as well. True, and it's uh, it's interesting that there were uh, that Disney has adult only uh, restaurants, whereas uh, Royal does not. Again, it worked out well for us because we were traveling with sixteen year olds. Okay. Next, we have entertainment, and you gave the nod to Royal Caribbean. I, I know who who would figure that would give in, we would give the nod to Royal on entertainment and Disney on bars. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that's there's there's the sub the what is it, the sub headline of the of the <laughs> podcast right there. <laughs> um, the best evening we had was at Dazzles watching the um, the Allure Orchestra. I think it's an eleven piece uh, orchestra with you know actual instruments and. Um, you know, real musicians. There was dancing. We weren't dancing, but it was really, really nice. We didn't. We did not go to any of the shows. It's uh, just not our theme. But uh, there was a variety. It was. It was not all one thing. Which my we don't care for the shows on Disney either. But you know, at least it, it's not all. You know, the best of DreamWorks on on Royal, unlike uh, unlike the way Disney does it. Okay. But yeah, we were really, really happy with that. And you didn't, so you didn't see Chicago, but that way would have been an option you could have done as well. Correct. We did not see it. Okay. Well, fair. I mean, no, no arguments here. I think, uh, especially on the Oasis class ships, they really do a great job with the entertainment there. No question about it. And the internet packages. And you get oh, thank Royal. God. Thank God, Royal. <laughs> thank you, Royal Caribbean. Yeah, it was $229 for unlimited two device access for your cruise. Oh, my God. It would have actually been cheaper on the next time you go on because you get an internet coupon. You can take a discount off of that. Oh, whatever, $229 for seven days of sanity and connectivity, absolutely fine. I, it, was, it was reliable. It was fast, you know, fast-ish, good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it worked throughout the ship. In fact, it actually worked as I was leaving the ship. It was still like I was, I was getting ready to get in the cab. It's like, no, log on. You've still got 23 more hours. <laughs> nice. Oh, it was great. Yeah, really, really, really happy with the internet package. It, uh, it, you know how anxious I am to to be always connected. And uh, oh yeah, I never, never felt stressed about uh, you know missing something when I with the internet package. It was really good. Next, we have teen activities, and I'll totally defer to you guys because I was too old by the time I was to go when I went on roller coaster cruises to participate, and I don't have any teenagers that I've ever cruised with. But you gave the edge to Disney on this one. So we we asked the teens we were traveling with who had uh, done Disney uh, before, and they both said that there was not a lot of organization or uh, even supervision in the teen area, the living room. They said that the uh, 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 counselors were not exactly standoffish, just kind of indifferent. So the teenagers complained that there was not enough supervision and they weren't told what to do. What kind of teenagers don't enjoy that kind of experience? <laughs> kids we want organization kids and structure. Yeah. <laughs> we want structure. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess that okay. works. In- I think the, uh, uh, what Hannah said was the, the structured activities at the beginning of the cruise made it a lot easier to meet people. Not that, yeah. not that Hannah's ever met a stranger because she hasn't. But uh, <laughs> yeah, she, she said that, and she had been on uh, the dream, I think, three weeks before this, uh, before this cruise. So her, her memory was fresh. <laughs> okay. Next we have onboard art, and you gave the, the, the thumbs up to Royal Caribbean, and we talked a little bit about this. Len actually went on about the the art, and I, I agree with you. I love the art in the in the walkways, not just even in the stairwells, but like when you're walking through the you know on the on the stateroom decks where it's the most boring part of any cruise ship, right? It's just like oh, it's door after door after door after door. And on Royal, I don't know about you, Len, but I just enjoy that. There's a lot of like little things that are on there. On actually on Navigator this season, they had movie posters like famous movies but in different languages so it'd be kind of cool to be like oh look it's godfather in german you know and it's kind of interesting to see the movie poster art and kind of go that way but tell me about why you again enjoyed the artwork on, on allure 
it seemed really well uh, curated. Everything was interesting. Nothing looked like it would had been picked up in the uh, parking lot of the Walmart at uh, Port Canaveral before <laughs> uh, before they you know finished off the ship. Uh, I, there, there were things that I would happily have in my own home. We loved the little uh, uh, stereograph things that you looked through uh, that were uh, planted all throughout the ship. I think we saw about 10 of them that, you know, you looked through the little eye holes and there, there was something interesting there. And, yeah, it was just it was just really, really nice. Cool. So we've got now themed background music. And, dude, Len, I mean, did, first of all, I know you put this one in here. And second, it's it's background music. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to argue that Disney's Disney's the master of taking well-known music, making it instrumental, and having it so that it'll you'll hum it in the back of your mind, right? Yeah, I like the uh, I like the fact that they play Pirates of the Caribbean music on Pirates Night and stuff like that. I I I, I do like the Disney background music. In fact, I actually played I actually played Mouse World Radio a little bit because I had the <laughs> unlimited internet package. Um, that's, <laughs> you needed a that quick hit. I just I just needed a few minutes, man. There. <laughs> <laughs> right. Next, yeah. this one's very interesting. I'm I'm curious to hear more about this one. You gave Disney the nod for the this is, uh, this cruise is compass Laurel. versus the navigator. Okay, Laurel. I it. I actually thought they were relatively even, but Laurel apparently has an opinion. Okay, go ahead. I really appreciate the grid uh, format of the personal navigator on Disney. It was it was just easier for me to read because things were ca- things are categorized by, by you know children's activities, teens' activities. Um, whereas it was just a, a, a continuous list on the compass, and there was um, it was just like a big uh, block of text to me. I I, I mean my eyes are, are forty four years old, so it's hard for me to focus on it anyway. But uh, yeah, I I just uh, in, I like the personal navigator easier. I find it easier to uh, to read to find out what's going on on the ship. Interesting. Did you were you are you the kind of person, Laurel, that you take the navigator with you? Do you like um, take a photo of it on your iPhone? I mean, how do you or do you just memorize what you think you're going to do and then you kind of just go around and, and you know? I used to do. do- I used to do that, but that'll bring us to our next thing, which is Disney now has an onboard app where you can pull up the navigator on your iPhone. Okay, because, the, of course, the other thing along those lines, we'll, that'll go right into because, again, you gave Disney the advantage on the app, which real quick, I don't think even has an app. Exactly. But they do have the way. What did you think of the wayfinders that are in the hallways? Oh, the, the public kiosks? Yeah, yes. the, the, the large LCD uh, yes, screens, essentially, are- that are interactive. They tell you, you know, among other things, what's going on on the cruise compass right now. Yeah, I, I like those a lot. I like being able to press a button and find out where the nearest restroom was. And how uh, to get there. And, and how to get there. It was always on the same side of the ship. I appreciated that. Yes. Yeah, uh, the, uh, public, uh, the public ones are fantastic. I like those a lot. And we, we also enjoyed being able to book our, uh, res- our restaurant reservations through the TV. Yeah, that's cool. I also liked the yes. other thing. I don't know, did you notice on the TVs you can also see what the – and also on, on the Wayfinders, wh- how crowded a particular restaurant is? Yeah, we saw that. That was very yeah. handy. Yeah, it's nice. So you don't even have to wonder if, you know, go walk. Do, you don't have to do any walk-bys. You, can, you already know ahead of time. Cool. All right. Now, finish out strong. TV at Public Kiosk, Royal Caribbean. You gave the, the, the nod for that one. Cost. Oh, yeah. Nod for Royal Caribbean. I don't think this is a shock to anybody, but this is one thing I, I preach quite we, a bit about. I mean, even, even with the specialty restaurants, you know, in which we were spending $100 a night, you know, for four people on – it, it still came out much, much less expensive to uh, to go on Royal Caribbean uh, versus Disney. Um, yeah, so 
really happy with that. I, I don't think you need the drink package. I mean, you think you'd be perfectly happy with coffee, water, and you know the the lemonade beverages, their tea that they give you. It's absolutely fine. And yeah, the last our, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm gonna uh, our uh, onboard expenses at the end of the cruise were. I think we finished. We had two cabins, twelve nights. It was twelve hundred dollars. We usually spend that between the two of us on seven nights at least. Yeah. <laughs> Len spends that on eBay on any given day. Yeah, right. What? Yeah, so. <laughs> Lastly, debarkation. I imagine this is a lot like your embarkation experience. Very smooth, right? Yeah, yeah it was great. I, uh, I love that they gave us a non-crowded, uh, relatively quiet place to wait. It was very clever that they don't announce which groups are leaving over the entire ship, so there's no uh, congregating around uh, the debarkation area right by the uh, on the promenade. Yeah, yeah. I, no complaints at all. It was it was great. Cool. So with that, I'll post. Actually, I'm going to post on the website if that's cool with you guys uh, a, a photo of this comparison with the checklist. You can kind of you know run by again and verify everything that you guys were were talking about where you gave the advantage to. I think you guys are pretty fair in your in your opinions. A lot of it, and, and it, there's a lot of subjectivity that's involved. And that's of course anything when you're dealing with opinions, right? But I think it sounds like you guys had a pretty good experience overall. And I think this is what this is where I was at some point, and I'm I'm curious what you guys think about this is that you look at the whole experience now and you see what Royal Caribbean offers you, you see what Disney offers you, and you look at the two and you say, overall, they're fairly comparable. It's not like one has a major advantage over the other. To the, to the same, in the same way that you might say Disney theme parks have a huge advantage over its competitors you know, outside of Harry Potter Land, Universal, or Six Flags, or any other you know, uh, regional theme park you've ever been to. And I, I think that in the cruise thing, though, they're very similar, but the cost... And a lot of the advantages that Royal enjoys, to me, that's that's what sold me on, on going Royal, and that's why I haven't looked back since. I'm curious what you guys uh, – grant this is one cruise for you so far on Royal, but what are your thoughts along those lines? Do you see at least where I'm coming from at the very least so we can at least have that among uh, our, our conversations now? Yeah, I mean I, I could definitely see how people pick one over the other. The, the cost thing is I think is a huge factor, especially if you're, you know, you're getting two cabins or you're bringing you know, a large group of people. I, the, uh, I think that if – Royal did just a little bit in terms of um, its, you know, its bars uh, mm-hmm. or fixing up its adult spaces. It could really, you know, really um, make a play for some of the, the the Disney, you know, the hardcore Disney fans who really like the theming and the, and the Disney, uh, the Disney stuff. So um, I think they've got they've got a lot of potential there, and if they can maintain that price point, um, they're going to be really really successful. Yeah, and the uh, one thing that we weren't able to compare uh, because of the itinerary we were on was we uh, were not able to compare Coco Key to Castaway Key. Uh, well, and, you got to do – when we go on Quantum, first of all, mm-hmm. I think Labadee is better than Coco Key. But okay. when, we go to, when we go on Quantum, we're doing overnight at Labadee, and I, I, I am so excited for you guys to experience that because to me, it's, it's, it's just as good if not better than – uh, then what, what Castaway yeah, offers? Are, 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 oh, you ha- those, are you having a barbecue? They're, those are strong <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I actually think Castaway Key is the best island in the Caribbean. All right, we'll uh, see. So we'll, we'll see. see. All right, okay. We'll see. All right, very good. Well, guys, I really appreciate you taking the time to give us this in-depth review. Not only that, we set a record for the longest episode on this podcast. So pat yourselves on the back for that one. Woo! But, but it was actually, I thought it was very good information and, and a very good comparison because I often get many, many people asking me the comparison between Royal Caribbean and Disney and other cruise lines as well, but Disney's a big one. So I think this will be very helpful for a lot of people. So guys, thank you so much. And of course, 
want to mention that Laurel and Len, once again, they're the co-authors of the unofficial guide to the Disney Cruise Line. And you can find that. We'll have a link in our show notes, but uh, you can also just find it on Amazon. Many of your f- uh, favorite booksellers that are out there. You can get that on Kindle. You can get it in actual book form. So check that out as well. Guys, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thanks, Thanks for, having for having us. us.